Hello, and welcome to Watch Responsibly. I'm Brie Lennon. And I'm Alyssa Lachlan. And welcome to our sixth episode oh of gosh. season one. We're at number six! We're so close to the end of season one. We've got two more episodes after this. Uh, today's episode, we're focusing on the movie The Pianist. Um, it's made in 2002. Um, it's directed by Roman Polanski. Um, and I'll go ahead and give the synopsis. A brilliant pianist, a Polish Jew, witnesses the restrictions Germans place on Jews in the Polish capital. For restricted access to the building of the Warsaw Ghetto, as his family is rounded up to be shipped off to the German Nazi labor camps, he escapes deportation and eludes capture by living in the ruins of Warsaw. So, thank you IMDb for thank that. Thank you. Or IMDb users, I should say, <laughs> for that synopsis. Um, couple of the important cast, I would say, uh, Adrian Brody, who's my favorite actor and favorite nose ever oh, to exist. Okay. <laughs> that man. He played, uh, well, they called him Vladik uh, Spielman. Um, and then there is uh, Amelia Fox, who played Dorota, which I loved her. And then other actors, uh, Michael Zabrowski was uh, Yurik. Ed Stoppard was uh, Henrik. Um, Maureen Lipman was the mother. Frank Finley was the father. Jessica Kate Meyer was Helena. Julia Rayner was Regina. And the rest uh, weren't as important, really. Really, Adrian Brody is uh, the most important character um, because they really just follow his narrative throughout. The other characters are sprinkled in, and they do follow the, the whole family for most of the movie, but it's, they're not, it's mostly just Adrian Brody's character and how he's navigating, um, God bless, I could look at that nose all day. I could, honestly. Um, yes. He's got a schnoz on him, and I love it. And speaking of his schnoz, uh, we could step right into, uh, lighting. Famous schnozzes um, of history. Oh, no. <laughs> because he was, um... Uh, playing the piano and the light was streaming in through the window yes. and you could see it through his nose. <laughs> like, it was just, like, on his nose. Like, his nose was, like, a little red because of the light. <laughs> it was like, yep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that there should be, like... I want to join... I'm in a lot of, um, Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Like, meme <laughs> Facebook <coughs> I'm not shocked. Thank you. And... I would love to be in an Adrian Brody nose group. I'm sure it exists. With a nose like that, you've got to have a fan base. Well, he does. I mean, I I'm am right the here. fan base. Right, yeah, we're right, right here. here. <laughs> so be following the Facebook page and let me know. Send us a message on the Facebook page <laughs> if that group exists. First one to do it wins a prize. Thank you. Yeah. Goodbye. Or we can start the group, uh, Adrian Brody's Schnoz Fan Club, <laughs> right? <here. laughs> So we'll go out there and sniff it out for us. (laughs) But yeah, well, a big fan, big fan. Um, His number one fan club. Hello. Just his nose, though. (laughs) Right. I don't like his voice, but that's okay. You don't? I don't don't know. Oh, I do. Okay, that's fine. That's only I have, like, it it doesn't bother me enough to think about it. It just takes away from the, the nose, the schnoz. You just don't want any talking, so you just want to look the nose. I'm like, don't distract me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, uh, speaking of Adrian Brody, he learned the piano to play this part. I saw that. Yeah, because it was based on... Uh, I had the fun facts for once. <laughs> based on, obviously, a true story. Um, because... Uh, there was a book written about this man, which I he definitely... Wrote an autobiography. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading that um, now, because it's a really interesting story. Um, yeah, I had never heard of this before. Yeah. Like, um, this movie, or this man, or this story, so it was a very interesting watch for me. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have any clue what was going to happen. Right, and like, I knew what it was about, like, a little bit, um... Man, I used to, like, growing up, I used to, like, see it, like, a family video or, like, whatever, and my mom would be like, oh, you don't want to watch that, it's really, really sad, and, you know, you don't want to be sad. You're like, like, oh, mother. Yeah. Au contraire. Au contraire. Well, I mean, nine-year-old me probably didn't need to see it. Uh, that's true. But, um, at the same time, <laughs> flash forward to modern day, although I did find myself uh, comparing it to Schindler's List a little bit. I did it a lot of bit. Yeah. And then I found that when I looked it up on Reddit, so were other people, so. Yeah. That I think was it's, good. I think it's easy, too. I mean, they're both about really, really sim- like, the almost exact same thing, except uh-huh. Schindler's List is, is focuses less on um, a certain person. I mean, while yeah. it focuses on Oscar Schindler, but right. there's a lot of people it focuses on. This, uh, the pianist is just primarily the one character. It kind of, so, like, the writing kind of reminded me of the premise of, like, I Am Legend with Will Smith, oh, where, yeah, there are other people on the screen, oh, welcome back, Roger, uh, there oh. are other people on the screen, but, like, in his flashbacks and stuff, but for the most part, the majority of the movie, it's just him by himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the whole time, well, like, I would say the first half is, like, it's the beginning where they're trying to navigate what's going on. They're being moved constantly. With the ghettos. And- trying to just make money to survive. And, um, but once you get separated from his families, it becomes, like, extremely devastating. Mm-hmm. And it really focuses on, like, because after watching Schindler's List, you know what happens in the concentration camps. And then now we're focusing on what was happening in the city and, like, more of the military aspect of it a little bit. Right. Because he's having to move. He is getting, like, invaded by, or people around him are being invaded by, the co- or, I guess cops, but, like, mm-hmm. the military, and Well, and the aspect of, like, the Jewish police, I had no idea that those even existed. Oh, yeah. No clue. I mean, that was more so just, like, to have more watchdogs. Right. And, it, it, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know what, what the motive, other than, um... You know, not having... I don't think they had to pay him. I think they were just no. like... Yeah, so maybe that's why... Well, think about it. If you're trying to avoid a bad situation... Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. Keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I get why <coughs> that some of the Jewish people did it. Okay. I'm saying um, from the aspect of, like, Germans. Well, you he, have a bunch of moles then. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But, like... That's true. It's weird. It's a little weird, but... I guess. I guess it also kind of makes sense from, like, a military aspect. I mean, genocide is a lot weird. Yeah, there's so, a lot of things weird with genocide. Yeah. Um, just, like, in general, it's, like, terrible. True. So... I second that. Um, it's, like, difficult to, like, pit your own people against each other. I mean, they're probably just trying to cause chaos. 
Right. Honestly. Just a little bit. But it was it was one of the Jewish police officers or that saved him. Mm. Yeah, because the guy with the mustache. It was a uh, Nazi. No, he was, he was part of the Jewish. Because remember, he visits the family's house and offers them, "Hey, we need more people, more Jewish people on our side." I'm for, talking about the guy at the end. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, I'm like, talking about the guy that saves them okay. from the concentration camps. Yes, you're right. He's yeah. like, "Go, but don't run." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, "Girl, that's a." That's a German Yeah, no, I know. I know I'd be stupid. <laughs> we both be kind of stupid. <laughs> but not that stupid. We're not that stupid. But, um... No, you're correct. Yeah. I'll chill. So, we talked about a little bit of that lighting. Um, there wasn't... Nothing stood out to me other than that one scene with the light through the window. And his nose. <laughs> yeah, while he's playing piano. Okay. Um, Nothing stuck out to me in particular. Yeah. Um... So acting wise, uh-huh. um, Adrian Brody. I've always loved Adrian Brody. He's really good at like capturing my attention and um, his emotions. Um, like his face immediately like made me like want to cry when he realizes he's locked in that room. Oh, and he can't get out. And they're about to bomb. Yeah, place he's in. His whole face. It was like a split second reaction, but it shot, but it really it, it described probably how he was feeling the whole time, terrified. I 100% agree. I I really enjoy Adrian Brody, mostly for his schnoz and also his performance in um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, uh, yeah. I love his True. character in Peaky Blinders. We be loving Peaky. Um... But, um, I, I don't know, after seeing this movie, I have a newfound respect for him. He was 29 mm-hmm. when this movie was shot. Yeah. First of all, what? The what? <laughs> huh? Like, that was insane. Second of all, he lost 30 pounds for this role. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. skinny. Which, yeah, he was already 160 pounds beforehand. Yeah. Um... And he lost all this weight super fast. He weighed 130 pounds for this movie. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, and then he, in order to gain a better sense of isolation... Yeah. Did you read this? He, I didn't. Oh, he um, sold his car and most of his belongings and broke up with his girlfriend. <laughs> like, oh, his wow. longtime girlfriend, so he could feel truly isolated in the world and disconnected from everything. Wow. And I was like, and he won an Oscar for this movie. True. Um, so I'm just like, I mean, at 29. Yeah. Wowza. That's unbelievable. Truly. Crazy. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, I need to watch more Adrian Brody movies. Yeah, I, I recommend highly. Those are probably all my notes in acting, because, I mean, really, he's the focus. Right. I mean, everybody did a great job. I ne- didn't notice, like, anybody being, like, overly dramatic for no reason, or, like, a bad actor. Like, mm-hmm. he's the only one I really recognized as an actor, like, a famous actor. Right. Everybody else. Which is kind of interesting, because I feel like, especially nowadays, in 2019, everybody getting hired for movies, it's always a really famous person. Right. And it's never, it's never, like, people don't, don't come out of the woodworks, like, just to audition, and, like, it's a new person. 
that I have never seen, so it was kind of nice that it was people that I don't know. Even if they are, like, just... Even maybe they're famous in other countries, because a lot of them had accents, but right. at the same time, I don't actually know that. Are there any other categories you, like, really want to discuss today? I want to talk about writing. Okay, I would love to talk <coughs> about writing. Um, first of all, um, it took them 7 minutes and 45 seconds to say the word pianist. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah, it 7 minutes and 45 seconds. I feel like that, that one is obviously going to happen quite often because it's uh, his job. It was his occupation. Yeah. Um, so that was just an important note. Yeah. Um, also, I... I liked, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. I'm going to talk about Schindler's List with this. Um, I'm not going to do it a lot, but I feel like this needs to be said. I enjoyed this movie more for different reasons. Yes. Um, I liked this movie because it was more of like a drama mm-hmm. um, versus like Schindler's List feels like a documentary. Yeah. Which is the point. Yeah. Um, but this movie with the music and... The storyline and the way it was shot, I think it feels more like a movie, like yeah. a drama movie. It, it felt very poetic. Yes. It, thank you. Yeah, that's really it. Um, and I also feel that this movie had a bigger focus on, like, kids. Yeah. Like, kids were more throughout. So, like, for example, um, there was a girl standing there when they first get put into the ghetto, and she's standing there with, like, a birdcage, and she's, it's empty, and she's, yeah. like, crying. Um, there was a lot more integration of kids yeah. into this, which, in my opinion, and I don't know if this is just because I'm a teacher or if I'm, like, very Americanized, um, but regardless, it just, to me, I was more, I was better able to connect with it. Yeah. Because... You know, like, the stuff that happened in Schindler's List was so devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pianist um, really took it and they were like, right, but remember, imagine doing all this and then toting your, like, toddler around. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think it was very family-oriented. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because at that point, all you have is family. Uh-huh. And with... Like, specifically, uh, World War II Holocaust movies, I mean, like, because of the situation you're in with everybody around you that's Jewish, uh-huh. you all become, you have this weird bond. You're like each other's family at that yeah, point. Yeah, because, like, you don't know who's gonna make it, you don't know what's going on, and so whoever's around you, like, at the time becomes your family, because... I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. When, like, what if you lo- do lose your whole family? When your whole family is ripped apart, yeah. what do you do? We as human beings would reach out to new people. Yeah, and you and you know the other people around you aren't going to help you because they're German and they're against you. <laughs> right. So you need to rely on the people who, who you know, are going through the situation with you. Although, you know, Adrian Brady's character was lucky to have... The people he's created these close relationships with, and I think that that comes a lot with being creative and artistic and having you naturally create these relationships. Because you, you, I think it's true that being an artist is such a strong empathy level, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and wanting and uh, thriving to like connect, like reaching out all the time to connect, mm-hmm. because you, you know, want to share 
your passions with people. And so I think that has a lot to do with him making these connections with other people. And uh, I mean, he's a very well-known pianist. He's very, like, relatively famous. And so, and people love his music. And I mean, people, if people love your music, you are, you are your music by extension. Exactly. You're able to connect with people through these different mediums. Yeah. Um, through art, through music, whatever. And that can reach people at so many different levels, I think, that different people can almost, like, hook into you because of the music versus a conversation or how attractive you are or whatever. Right. Because, I mean, Dorota, Yurik's sister, who really was in love with him, Mm -hmm. uh, was a fan and met him and didn't know what he looked like. Right. She loved his music, so she instantly fell in love with who he was. Right. Didn't matter what he looked like. I mean, he's a handsome man, but, like, regardless... Yes, he is. <laughs> it it didn't matter to her. Got. Yeah. The big nose. The big nose. Dorota was like... Heck yeah, see that's it, me. Baby. That's, that's me. me too. <laughs> just, and she's blonde like me. <laughs> he's so gorgeous. I love anyone with a strong nose. Yeah. I think it's very, like... It's commanding. Definitive, like... It's like, hey! I got the nose, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But with Dorota, speaking of her, um, you know, I thought I would be more upset because I had a feeling she was going to be married by the time we got back. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, you know, I thought I would be more upset about it, um, the fact that she was married and had a baby, but at the same time... She had what no was she idea. Supposed to do? Right. She thought she would never see him again. I'm sure. Right. And she didn't know what was going to happen. And she maybe she met this guy. She actually did fall in love with him. I mean, you could fall in love with multiple people. Right. I believe. I agree. I mean, hopefully not at the same time because that's just a messy situation. Right. But, um, she fell in love with him and um, got married and you know had a baby and it was you know safer for her to do so. Didn't think she'd see him again. And when he gets back, I mean, she still helps him. Right. So that's important to me is that she's, yeah. she and her husband are not alienating him. And they are what I believe to be very cultured people. I agree. Because they are helping people, trying to save them. They help him find a place to stay. Even with the threat of being executed. Yeah, which, you know, is terrifying. And even though they had the baby, and I mean... Right. They still, I mean, she cares about him enough, and she's, she, I think she definitely is very empathetic. I agree. And I think so is her husband, which makes me definitely not mad that they got married. Right. Because they're both good they people. They like great people. Yeah, and... I'd invite them to, like, a dinner party. Yeah. I would. I would. I think that they would really compliment the meal. I think they'd be really sweet. Um... <laughs> And, uh... Wow, thank you so much for this grilled cheese, they would say. And I would say, it's the best I can do today, sorry. <laughs> Trying to get rid of this bread. On a budget. <laughs> bread on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> grilled cheese, please, they would say. I think they would. I they would appreciate a good wine. As long as we have, like, red wine or something for him. Sorry, fine. don't drink. <laughs> you can still get it from them. I'm not gonna buy something that I can't have. Well, <laughs> they can bring their own. <laughs> Listen, they've been through a lot. BYOB. Oh my god, they're artists. They can get a hold of alcohol. I don't know what they are actually. She's. I know she's a place the cello, but and in... he is 
able to empathize with that, I'm assuming. Thus, he's an artist at heart. Mm-hmm. Everyone's an artist in their own respect. That's true. I've legitimately had this conversation before. Yeah, no, well, I think yeah, everybody's yeah. creative in their own respect. I think that, yeah, as humans, we have to be. Yeah. And thus, whatever you create is your art. I can agree with you. You should see my lesson plans. Hooey! I wasn't upset that, you know, he was alone. I mean... There's so many things I have to say. Um, the end, when the when the German, like, captain or soldier helps uh-huh. uh, Adrian Brody's character make sure he's fed and he, like, plays the piano for him or whatever. Yeah. Um, that, I was terrified was for so him. That was so scary. All I could think about was, where's your can? Do you have your can? Do you have your food, just in case? Oh, his little cucumber can? Yeah, I was, like, yeah. so nervous about that. Well, he was so protective of it. Did yeah. you see that? It's yeah. Anytime they were going somewhere, he was like, oh. Well, I mean, you really don't know. He has no idea where his next meal is coming from. And right, he's lucky. so why would he pass that up? Right, and he's lucky he found that. So he's going to hold on to it, even if he might die within a minute. Well, he he doesn't know. Cucumbers. He's terrified. Well, and the thing that killed me was... He finally, like, got a hole into it. Yeah. And then fell on the floor and all that liquid poured out. And I went, <gasps> yeah. oh, no. I know. Because that was water. Yeah. That was vinegar. No, they weren't, they weren't pickles. Yeah. They were just cucumbers. They were probably pickles by then. But. All right. You know. And then, so, you know, he helps him and he gets oh. some food and stuff. And, um. So he, then he's captured as prisoner of war and, like, dies. Mm-hmm. And, in a camp. And I thought, well, maybe Adrian Brody should have, like, looked harder for him. But at the same time, I'm like, honestly, I don't think so. I think that yeah. at that point, his priority was not to find, you know, the, the people that, you know, made him terrified. Right. It was, his it was priority was to be, become himself again. To go back to normal life. Yeah. And I, I don't think he found any of his family. I don't know. I he, didn't look it up. Yeah. They didn't, I mean, they didn't say. Right. I would be curious. I wonder if that's in his book or not, but yeah, that was scary. I also, I, the moment that I kind of that everything kind of shifted for me was, oh, like, where I said, oh, my God, okay, this movie is legit. The little boy was trying to get underneath the wall, and... Oh, that's what I knew, too. Yeah, yep. and at first I was like, how would... I want to pose this to you, and I don't know how graphic you want to get, but how does one die from being beaten... Like, his legs being beaten. Well, I think that they... I think they pulled his legs out of their sockets. Like, they, like... Yeah. Because he couldn't even get him to, like, stand. And then I think he passed out and died. Really? I, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Mm. I wasn't sure if his... Part of his torso was still sticking out underneath. Or sticking out from underneath the wall. And they, like, beat him and there was, like, internal organ damage. They could have done that, too. Um, that was just my guess based on, like, I think the realm of possibilities Mm -hmm. and, like, how back in the day, torture, they used to, like, pull their limbs out in every direction, so I'm thinking, like... Sure, sure. And he's a young boy and he's terrifying. I mean, I would just pass out. That's true. I thought that's what had happened. Yeah. He had passed out from the pain, 
But then it was like very clear that he had died. My next note is um, where everything kind of climaxed to where I it brought it up to the level of, okay, this is on the same level as Schindler's List at this yeah. point. Was one, after they threw the old man off the, from the balcony. Yep. Yep. Who's in a wheelchair because he wouldn't stand up because he can't because he's in a wheelchair. Hmm. Yeah. Math. Uh, that's straight insane. tyranny right yes. there. Right. You won't stand up because you're in a wheelchair, so then we're going to put you out the window in your wheelchair. And then they still took everybody downstairs and killed them. Why? Right. No idea. No idea. Um, to put fear in yeah. people who were watching. Yeah. Um, and then, so it was that scene, and then... The th- so that kind of brought it up, but then the thing that confirmed it was when they're in the ghetto and they're walking around, and the number of dead bodies that you'd see just, like, laying there... Yeah. ...as the scenes are happening. So, like, there's dialogue, and people are walking around, and the camera's following them. Boom. Body bodies everywhere. Yep. And, like, in the streets and stuff. Yes. I was like, okay, I did not know that. Yep. I'm officially... Messed up over this. And you see the, uh, like, all the ruins. It's it's interesting at the end of the movie. Yes, you, that's what I kept seeing, too, and I was like, whoa. Like, what, there's many scenes in the, ho- the like, emptied-out hospital where yeah. he's, like, hiding. Um, he, like, all the times... I've got many things, actually. I'll just start with the, the beginning. Um, all the times he's playing air piano. Yeah. And you hear the music that he's, like, thinking about. At first I was like... No, don't do it! Yeah. Then I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, don't be playing piano. You can't do that and get caught. Right. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Um, But when he was in um, the hospital and he jumps uh, out of the hospital window because they're like like, checking the hospital. Yeah. um, Hurts his ankle a bit and then climbs over the wall into, you know, uh, where all the Jews were. Yeah. Um, and everything's just, like, destroyed. And that shot of him, and it's, it's just, like, a big wide shot, and little old him jumping over the uh, the wall, and you're just, like... All that rubble they and really destruction. They really did that. I did not realize, because, you know, watching movies about the Holocaust, it's always in the concentration camps. Yeah. I never realized that that's what had happened in the cities. Yeah. I mean, it was destroyed. They had to rebuild. Absolutely. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yes, and imagine going home to that. After you get out of the concentration camp, then you go home and there's no home. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? That See, that's what bothered me is that I'm like... I mean, they obviously <coughs> rebuilt the radio station he was working at. Right. Um, and he went back to playing there. What was really satisfying for me is when they get liberated and all the Germans are prisoners of war and... All the Jewish people are screaming in their them. in the striped outfits they wear uh-huh. are like screaming abuse at them and it's obscenities, right? Um, which were well deserved. And the guy that it focuses on, because he knows uh, Adrian Brody's character, because they're both musicians, and um, he sees the German soldier that helped, right? Uh, Adrian Brody's character um, give him food and stuff, and he's trying to help him, you know, get out. But, I mean, and he, but the, his, um, the guy that's yelling obscenities that knows Adrian's character is, like, 
later on talks about how he, f- he should have done that, and I'm like, honestly, they deserved a lot worse. Well, and a lot of them most of them got, got it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I won't even say most of them because I don't know. So. Yeah. I just know, we just know that the one guy probably did, because the credits told us. Right. The German soldier that helped him. And it's like, how, it, it's like, I want to be empathetic, but how much bad did he do that we don't know before? Exactly. So I can't be. Right. Um. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, the German soldier gave him his coat because he was freezing, oh, and, then and then once the they're end. liberated, and uh, they freak out, he's like, oh, he's a German, he's a German, because he's wearing a German coat, and it's like, I literally, before he stepped outside, I go, take off the coat, like, out loud, I was like, take it off before you go out. Well, and that's what I up. thought the whole time, while that was happening, I was yeah. like, why are you wearing the coat, and then finally they ask him, why are you wearing the coat, and he just goes, I'm cold. Yeah, like, literally. I was like... Like, the only reason you could think of. I would have, like, ripped it apart or something. He must have been pretty cold. Yeah. Well, I would have, like, taken off, like, the, the shoulder things that are, like... Very much giving Germany. away yeah. German. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he didn't have the strength for it, honestly. You know, you're probably right. He probably had no muscle mass. Probably at that point. Right. Um, can we talk about cinematography, speaking of? Yeah. Um, Let's do the thing. Because I have a specific scene that I was like, (gasps) cinematography. Yes, share it. So, Adrian Brody, not Bodie, Adrian Brody escapes the concentration camp Uh line, right? Um, He runs around and then finally gets into a hiding spot with another guy. And that whole scene of them talking in the hiding spot is upside down. Yes, and the shadows are on their faces. Yes. Yes. Aren't you proud of me? That was so, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah. She got a good scene. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Notice in cinematography. Yes. Yeah, that was a, a very well shot artistic scene. Yeah. Um, and it was a great use of confined space. It kind of reminds me of when people are buried alive. That's what it reminded me of, too. Yeah. Which is sad, but Scary. I mean, Scary. it's probably the same kind of fear. Right. The, like, impending doom. Um, there's a part where Adrian Brody's, like, looking at the window, um, and you see him through the glass that I thought was really a good shot. In addition to that, my other cinematography note... Ooh, two! Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, when, just before they throw the man in the wheelchair out the window... Yeah. As... The Germans go in the ba- the street level floor, the first floor. As they go up each level in the house, mm-hmm. or in the building, it was all one take. Yeah. And it was one continuous, it would go up and stop on a balcony. Yeah. You'd see the lights come on. Up, stop on a balcony, you see the lights go on. That was a really cool shot. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad, I, I barely noticed that. Boom. Proud I said, you. one long take. One long take! <laughs> those are always really interesting. Um, I love those. Whenever they're done well, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, cinematography that messed me up a little. Um, the people falling out of the building and jumping out of the building and the Germans were cheering. Oh. When they were on fire? Yes. I mean, I, I can't imagine 
Like every day is something different and you're just like waiting for it to be done. Yeah, I didn't. And you have no idea. I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure he didn't like it, but... I have another, I guess you could consider this writing. Um, kind of jumping around today, but it's... Try, we're trying something different here. <laughs> well, I am, because I, I took notes differently this time um, to see if I could evoke more conversation. Because, I mean, as we watch all of these films, and, I mean, they're all World War II based, we're learning a lot about one topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're taking a lot in, so you... I don't want to keep saying the same things over and over again. Um, back when you are talking about the little girl with the birdcage. Uh-huh. Um, and the boy was selling the caramels for really expensive. Uh, yeah, the 20 Zlotkis. Yeah, and the father, Adrian Brody's father, buys one. Because honestly, what else are you going to do with the money? Right. And it was, he cuts it into six pieces and it's like the last, like... Treat that they get. Enjoyment as a family together mm-hmm. before... Wow, I didn't even think of that significance of that scene. Yeah, because, like I mean, it truly is, like, the last moment that they share. Right. As a bonding moment. And and then when... Another writing is when Adrian Brody is talking to his sister. I think it's Helena. And he's like, this might not be the right time to say this, but oh. I wish I had gotten to know you better. Oh, and she says, so thank rough. you. Because she's the one who nobody ever listens to. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like, order, order, order! Is that her? <laughs> That's the older sister. I think this is the younger one that's like, we never do my ideas Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Another interesting uh, little tidbit that I don't know if it really fits in anywhere. Okay. Um, If there was a miscellaneous pile, that would be right now. I found it. It's right here. (laughs) Um, When uh, it's like a train scene and the Germans are filming the movie camera. You see that Um, part where there's like, it's on the big wooden tripod. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. That's interesting to me as somebody who's seen like a lot of World War II documentaries. Of the um, footage that they're recording? Yeah. That was interesting. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's kind of like breaking the wall a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like breaking like the fourth wall. Yeah, because it's it's it just made me think, yeah, really we're actually doing that. And it's interesting to have that in the film. Because, in a movie about World War Two. Yeah, because, I mean... Obviously, they were doing that, but it kind of takes somebody who really did their research and really cares Mm -hmm. about the story to realize that and, like, not leave out any tidbits of, you know, how it really was. In addition to that, this is... I've been kind of waiting to figure out where I was going to put this little tidbit of information, but I think this is a good time. Roman um, Polanski... Polanski? Thank you. Roman Polanski's mother died in Auschwitz. Oh, that's right, because he was, yep. he um, grew up during that time. Yeah, so his mom was killed in Auschwitz. Yeah, so it, it probably, he really knew. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Very much so. One note I did have was in music, mm-hmm. and this is... Oh yeah, we should definitely talk about music, I, I have some things to say. Okay. Um, this is my last note, honestly. I think same. Music... I said that at times it felt inappropriate. Really? Yeah, there were times... I think there was... Let's see, and I knew I was going to do this when we were recording. Is there were... There was one specific scene, and I cannot remember, remember it. It was like in the first third, where 
something very sad is going on. Yeah. And, like, very... It was almost like an aggressive scene, and there's really soft piano music playing. And I remember yeah. I was, like, distracted by it, because I was going, what the heck? What a weird choice. Yeah. I I see... I could see what you're saying. Um, I think why it didn't bother me is because it was his story. It was Adrian's story. Um, or, right. Uh, Vladek's feeling. Sorry. <laughs> specifically. Um, and he's a pianist, and he... You know, sure, and I thought about that. that way, yeah. And I thought about that, but it did not match the mood or the tone of the movie at all. Yeah. In that one scene, and then the rest of it was gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah. And I love that they used um, a lot of Polish composers, um, but there... See, and I cannot remember the scene, but there were times where I was going, I don't know if I agree with this music choice here. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I guess I don't... There were some parts where it really enhanced it. Like, I think all the parts where yeah. he's playing air piano. Absolutely. And it's in his head. But the fact that we weren't really in his head in that moment. Yep. Um, and for a lot of the scenes, I I agree. I don't think it was... I don't think it was necessary. Right. There were... It's like you can have other types of music. Right. That would fit better. Or yes. different type of piano music. I agree. Stop. Or more cello. Because we only had cello in that one scene. Ugh, that was perfect. That was so beautiful. Yeah, that was more a great cello. Scene. More cello. More cello. <laughs> so before we go into our rating system, um, let's just talk about opinions. Um, and I've got a lot of them. True. Um, I do. Just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, overall, um, I thought it was like a really well done film. Um, I would definitely watch it again, but. Um, like I said earlier, it's very poetic. And the fact that it followed a narrative to the one person really helped me connect to the story. Um, but I also do feel that it was easier to watch than Schindler's List because, like you said earlier, it's less documentary style. Um, and it was more... It was... It was more like a, like a regular film. I agree. I... Well, I wholeheartedly agree because um, I watching Schindler's List is like getting hit by a truck. Yeah. Watching this is like getting hit by a small compact car. <laughs> <laughs> so I could find myself watching this more often. I enjoyed this movie more than Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it had the same impact as Schindler's List. Yeah, because I... Uh, yeah, like Schindler's I said... Schindler's List is much more graphic and more intense. It was Schindler's List, um, for me, was accuracy equals impact. Right. And this was more like... I, I think felt, it's more palatable. I felt really um, emotionally connected to... Yes. Uh, Vladek Spielman, and I felt... I felt like I could really understand his story... Absolutely, um, yeah. Through this. Um, but it was... It was different. I mean, it was different because he... It really was a different kind of Holocaust story because he escaped. Like, he didn't have to go to the concentration camps. And so it was what life was like for him as a Jew not going. Which, it was such a tale of survival. Yeah. Versus... in. 
like almost like guerrilla survival yeah. versus concentration camp survival. Yeah. And it's a different kind of fear, I think. I think they're both oh, yeah. like fear for your lives, but one was more like I definitely would have much more motivation to force myself to survive uh-huh. if I wasn't in a concentrated camp. Right. Because in a concentration camp, your odds, I mean, mm-hmm. you could just be picked off randomly. They're literally death camps. Like yeah. Extermination camps. You're like, you would never get, like, a good night's rest. Right. And not to say that, you know, Vladik Spielen ever did, but... It's if, different. If you're alone in a world, it's a different experience than being surrounded by people in the same position. So then, how would you rate this? Would you see this mm. in a theater? Mm-hmm. Would you buy this? Mm-hmm. On DVD or Blu-ray or <laughs> VHS <laughs> or Amazon Prime or a digital copy, a digital copy. Would you rent it or would you say, "Don't bother. This is irresponsible watching." Well, I wouldn't say it in a British accent because I'm not British, but <laughs> neither did I. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about this since I watched it earlier, and this is harder to to give advice about. This is harder to, you know... Really? Yeah, for me. I disagree. This one, it was very clear to me, clear-cut from the beginning to the end. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm weird, and, like, I think every movie you could, like, see in a theater and, like you know, be satisfied. It takes, it takes a lot of, like, a really, really bad movie for me to be like, you don't need to see that in the theater. Right. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd own it. I think I would rent it. Okay. I think, so, can we, I'm gonna add in, I'm gonna be annoying and add in, um, another level, which is, it's on Netflix, and I'm gonna add it to my list. So I'm going to add this movie to my list. Her cue. Yeah. So then, um, like if I'm, it's almost like when you're channel surfing and you see that Shawshank Redemption is being played on TNT for the five millionth time. Yeah. And you're like, okay, fine, I'll watch this. Well, yeah. I agree. I think this is one of those movies where I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, I've got two and a half hours, uh. What should I watch? Ooh, I'm going to put on The Pianist. Yeah. And Which, I... Yeah. There are a lot of movies that I won't watch over and over. Yeah. This one I could see myself watching over and over. Yeah, maybe... Maybe that needs to be a new category. <laughs> a Netflix My List app. Yeah, because, like, there's a lot of movies that I add to my queue, but I don't get to for a really, really, really long time. Uh-huh. But I have the intent to want to watch it. And this Shameless is has been in my queue since Shameless started on Netflix. I'm yeah. Sure. Well, this movie's been in my queue since I've had Netflix. I mean, really? Yeah, I just have never. Because I know that's going to be sad, so I've never. I would If I had known it was going to be like this, I would have watched it day one. Oh, yeah. Well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. That's the whole reason we do these podcasts. Yeah, if I, yeah. Let's, you know what? For season two, we're going to change the rating list. We'll update you when we figure it out. Yeah. Um, because, we'll the I mean, there's some flaws, obviously, to everything. We're but working it out. We're working, working it out. out. <laughs> but. Did not like that. I, I, I would agree with you if that were on the list. But because it's not, I'm going to say rent it. I'm, Minimum. You should you should watch it once. 
because I think it's an interesting story. But for me, as like a huge bookworm, I would want to read it all about him. No. I don't know. I would buy this movie. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because I am drawn more to the drama of this one. Yeah. Because Schindler's List is still my all-time number one favorite movie, mm-hmm. I... I like, buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's one of them. Buy the book. <laughs> screw the movie. Um, I do want to read this book. I do, too. Well, like... Well, let's... I'm gonna see if my local library has later. I'll do that later. Um, later, I'm gonna see if the library has it, and I'll check it out. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Physically. And. Mentally. <clears throat> emotionally. Because I think that there's not, there's never a point where you should stop learning about this stuff, because, especially right. with the way the world is going right now, and I mean, you guys hopefully have listened to the Schindler's List podcast and understand how I feel about this. Um, won't get into a heavy tangent again, because I'm sure there will be a, another episode that I do the same exact thing. Tangent. Tangent. <laughs> this is the chanting episode. Sorry. <laughs> um. But it's, it's important to always try to learn, to always keep learning. Um, I mean, people don't know everything about everything. And even as somebody who's seen a lot of World War II documentaries and has learned a lot about World War II in that time period, there is still stuff in people that I'm learning about by watching this and figuring out uh, people's stories that I then look up and read about. Well, this is such a unique story because he's not in a concentration camp. He is surviving day to day. He's hiding in the city. He's... At one point, he's being helped by people. At another point, he's not. It's winter for a good chunk of this. So it is very much like a what? Yeah. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. So I think it'd be an interesting deep dive to go into this. Right. Because it's... It's a, it's a it's a it's a man's an artistic creative man's perspective and not just like a historian's like or like military perspective. I think like right. you get a lot of military perspective and it, it's it's nice I suppose to see and understand the perspective of somebody that's more like you and me. I mean just just somebody that um, you know has intentions in the way that we do. And how they Similar handled, motivations. Yeah, how they know. handled this happening to them. Right. Alright, well thank you so much for listening to Watch Responsibly. Don't forget to look us up on Facebook and make sure you say hi. Um, if you've got something that you want to let us know, or if you've got ideas, notes. Your thoughts on what you want us to watch in season two. Which we're still deciding what it's going to be about. I thought we already said it. But, no, we have a couple of decisions to make. Um, oh my goodness, this is news to me, friends! But it's going to be exciting. It's definitely not going to be World War Two movies. It's not? No. I'm just gonna- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be World War One. but no kidding. <laughs> we're going to do every war, starting with... <laughs> I think I w- would need a break. <laughs> French and Indian. Here we go. First uh, of all, not a good name. First of all, French and Indian War. Terrible.
say them all. We're gonna do the War of 1812. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening responsibly, watching responsibly, to and this living podcast. a responsible life. We're so proud of you. Proud of you, baby. And you better tune in to next episode, episode seven, almost the end of season one. And what's that movie gonna be? Because I need to write it down. It's gonna be Life is Beautiful. Oh. So, ready to get sad one more time? This is going to be another um, sad movie to talk about. I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. Um, I own a copy of it, but my mother, again, says it's very sad. So, um, I've never heard of it. You know, I trust her. She's usually right about these things, because she is my mother. Um, She's usually right. She's like, the sweetest thing is the saddest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Cameron Diaz is just so sad. (laughs) She's just so sad. Um... (laughs) But it should be good, and we're excited. Um, and then, you know, episode number eight is going to be Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> it's going to be your season finale. We're really excited to watch it and share our thoughts with you. So um, many thoughts. We we've, we've both seen that one, so that'll be that'll be good. That'll be a good episode. Um, I think season nope. I think episode seven's also going to be good. Yes, it will. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm Brie Lennon. And I'm Alyssa Lachlan, and look what I found under the desk. A hot dogarette. <laughs> oh, oh, it's bad! Oh, hot dogarette. Hot dogarette. Hot dogarette. Hi, Mom! <laughs> thanks. Okay. <laughs> oh. Have a great weekend. It's all ended, I guess. <laughs> Bye.